Sci-Fi 5, 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History for September 6th. Serialized storytelling, human slavery, and anti-war messaging. In a Saturday morning cartoon, the animated Return to the Planet of the Apes premiered 47 years ago today in 1975. 1968's Planet of the Apes was a success, both critically and at the box office, spawning four sequels in just five years. The films also brought in great ratings when they aired on television leading to a live-action spin-off series that premiered on CBS in 1974. Unfortunately, the show's ratings couldn't justify its budget, and the live-action Planet of the Apes was cancelled after just 14 episodes. Even though that series failed, the studio still thought there was a place for new ape stories on television. They brought in DePatty Freeling Enterprises, the animation studio behind The Pink Panther, to develop a cartoon based on the films. Doug Wildey, co-creator of Johnny Quest, served as supervising director and associate producer. Return to the Planet of the Apes was quite different from the other Saturday morning cartoons airing at the time. You didn't see Scooby-Doo or Super Friends discussing issues like slavery or civil rights. The series was also ahead of its time in terms of storytelling. Eric Green, author of Planet of the Apes as American Myth, tells us more. One of the things that really stands out about the Return to the Planet of the Apes animated series is that it was one of the first science fiction shows to experiment with a serialized format of storytelling. That really became the dominant form of science fiction storytelling many, many years later. Now we're used to shows that have a season-long arc or a series-long arc. But at the time, the normal mode for science fiction shows was more episodic. The Return to the Planet of the Apes series really kind of uh, pioneered that sense of let's take each episode as one one piece of a larger building block and tell a longer story through using that method. Despite its innovative storytelling, Return to the Planet of the Apes was limited by its budget and the network's restrictions. Learn more after this. Return to the Planet of the Apes was able to draw on the success of its predecessors, even bringing in a cast member, but it had the same budgetary constraints as the later live-action productions. Again, here's Eric Green. Two notable things about the cartoon is that Austin Stoker, who was the Trinidadian American actor who did such a great job as McDonald in Battle for the Planet of the Apes, he is one of the astronauts in the cartoon. He's the only person from the Apes films that makes an appearance in the the animated series. And Doug Wildey, who did such great work as... uh, Uh, with Johnny Quest, um, is the guiding producer and kind of guiding force for the storytelling in the animated series here. Unfortunately, even with with their talents, um, the animation was very, very rudimentary. They did not have a a really uh, good budget. And there's some interesting, fun things they do with having a more advanced ape society, kind of along the lines of what was in the original Planet of the Apes novel by Pierre Boulle. But uh, the limitations of the production, I think, have made this largely uh, overlooked or forgotten project. But there are some fun moments, um, if you're a real Apes fan, uh, that you might enjoy just seeing some of the different directions they took with the show. The animated series was also limited by NBC's rules for animation. They didn't allow any on-screen violence that children might try to imitate. This meant that the ape soldiers could carry rifles, but they could never fire them. 
On-screen battles featured tanks and artillery, but no clubs or axes. Given that the original film was largely a commentary on war, this proved quite restrictive. Ultimately, Return to the Planet of the Apes was cancelled after only 13 episodes. It wasn't the last time we'd see the series in animation, though. Dr. Zaius and Friends also appeared in Planet of the Apes The Musical, starring Troy McClure in one of The Simpsons' best-known spoofs. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for September 6th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.